0: Welcome, everybody. It is episode 41 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. It is January 21st, and we have Jordan Susowitz again for it with us. He was a guest last year, and he's come back to talk about a new project he has going on.
1: Well, if you remember, in that episode we recorded, we said we'd have you back in, yep. right around January. Yep. Yeah, to kind of because I will talk about more why but there's a reason why we had j- during this time, but yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah,
0: all right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, just search hot take from the kitchen, and our email address is hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. H O T T A K E F R O M T H E K T K I T C H E N at gmail.com. No emails this week again, more tears. But. I think it's because you sound so sad. I think you need to sound happier. No, well, I mean. I'm sad because I want emails. Mm-hmm. If I got an email, I'd be happier. Okay. So, All right. We'll get into our hot takes. Our first hot take is the Patriots beat the Chiefs last night. So I guess it was a good game. I watched it the whole thing, actually.
1: It's surprising because... They didn't care who won or lost. You didn't. Tom Brady was in a game, but you didn't care.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. That's deep. I love Tom Brady, but (laughs) it is is what it is. I think this is Tom's last year. So I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think the more Gronk points to returning or not coming, I think you know it's tough. But uh. Two things that I saw. One, which is the big one everyone's talking about today, is how do we feel about that game being signed essentially on a coin flip?
0: Well, every game pretty much is in overtime in the NFL. So. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of dumb, but what are you going to do? It's the NFL's rules. So. I think, And they've actually changed
1: it. So. Yeah. I think you could give – each team the ball on their own 30.
0: I think go with the college rule.
1: Yeah, like do it like college. You can't give it to them on the 50 because some of those field goal kickers can actually kick the snout of the ball. Well, I guess on the 25 in college, though, they still kick the ball from there. So I guess screw it. Give it to them on the 50-yard line and let them each get a shot. and then. I think the 30
0: or the 35 would be all right. Yeah. It's 10 yards, 5 to 10 yards more than college. I mean, I'd be down with it. Yeah, but They don't ask us to do about it, so yeah. just have to listen to the podcast to get our feelings. It would have
1: been interesting to see how that game would have played out that way. Obviously, New England would have gone down and scored. I think Kansas City would have came down and scored. Yeah. So I think we would have gone back and forth for the a little The way while. that fourth quarter went, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Neither of your team was flinching. No. No team wanted to play defense. Yeah. Oh, well. The other thing I noticed in that game, my other last takeaway was um, that hand to the face or penalty that Brady got, that really wasn't very – That that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, it was pretty touch and go. With that being said, though, there were some penalties that Kansas City got away with too, so I don't want to hear him whining too much. Like that one interception where that guy just cleared Edelman's head right off. Yeah, I saw that, but – I don't,
0: <laughs> that, I don't know why that wasn't called. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Like I guess yeah. the rough thought Edelman <clears throat> fell down before he really got hit because he just popped right back up like nothing happened.
1: Well, that's instinct from Edelman because he has one to get thrown out for a concussion, which, I mean, that's, I'm being honest, right? Well, when you're wobbling around on the field anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does, so. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, the second hot take is the Saints and Rams game, which also went to overtime. So we had two overtime games in the championship round for the first time ever. That was kind of exciting. That was a crazy game, too. And the big thing in that game was the no-call and the pass interference, which really should have been called. Blatant. Yes. And you could have called targeting or whatever that I was mean, there it. was like three penalties. <clears throat> So I agree with Sean
1: Payton being mad and pissed off, but what are you going to do? It's interesting that Sean Payton's on the rules committee, and for the past two or three years, he's been wanting to be able to challenge plays post for penalties, pass interference. And um, the main reason they don't want it is because it slows the game down even more. So...
0: I think
1: – I don't know how I
0: feel about that because something like that should be reviewable, but you can't challenge every pass interference call. Cause, yeah, it is going to slow the game down. And so, I don't know. It's a tough one.
1: There. <clears throat> I guess Roger Goodell has enough power to actually make the game replayed if necessary. So, that was the thing I also <laughs> heard.
0: <clears throat> That's not going to happen.
1: No, I, I agree, but it just – it's I might as well just make the
0: Rams forfeit and yeah. to the
1: step, so quick hot take is um, what's the at The running back, Tigerly. <clears throat> is he hurt? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see
0: what happened. I got to that game late because I was cooking and everything. So,
1: did you watch any of it? Mm-hmm. I think he's hurt. <clears throat> I think he's been hurt for a while. Oh, he was hurt at the end of the year. Yeah. So. And I just think that they're just not making an excuse about it. Which is it's get one of those things in three weeks we're gonna find that early had surgery or something like that. And yeah. But he's got two weeks of rest off for him. We'll
0: see. So I guess that goes into our third hot take, our Super Bowl picks. I think I'll go with the Patriots now.
1: I've been on fire, Stick with the Pats. <clears throat>
0: this really is Tom Brady's last year, he's going to go on top.
1: But I guess we'll see. Who do you got, Jordan? The pass. Yeah. Tom Brady, all the way. It's pretty tough. Um, I don't know. I think that the Rams are going to like start come out in the lead, mm-hmm. and I think Sue is going to like try to break Tom Brady's back, <laughs> do something really stupid, yeah, and then it's going to change the whole momentum. And then the through one.
0: Or he might really actually break his back and
1: Yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> that's possible too. So I guess we'll see. All right. I don't really understand number four, but Zion quit.
1: So they're saying Zion should quit.
0: Right he's now. He's not going to walk away. I don't think he should. I don't care about his future or not. I want or quitting to. on a
1: team. Well, yeah, I mean I mean, we've already, but I mean. And if he
0: quits, I think Duke should make him pay for his schooling.
1: Well, I mean, of course he would. I mean, they don't, they, they don't need
0: it. I mean. Well, they don't, but he's yeah. getting a free ride to go to school. Yeah. He's just going to quit.
1: Well, the question you have to ask is. Of course, he's probably, probably
0: not going to class this semester anyway. Yeah, I mean, well,
1: he won't go in the fall. We both know that. Or the spring. He's not going he to class. He probably this. went in the fall just so he could be eligible for this. Yeah. Um, if the one undone rule wasn't and college, if would, have Zion, I'd have gone straight to the NBA. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. And I think that's what you have to ask yourself. <clears throat> I want it to happen just because I hate the NCAA, <clears throat> and I want to – I'm fighting the cold, so.
0: all so good.
1: I just want to see it get, get turned on its head. Yeah. More than anything else, so.
0: I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll turn the NCAA on its head either because it happens in football all the time, and they don't give a shit. Yeah. Whatever. We don't care about you anyway, so. so it pretty much comes down to you. All right. Topic number five is, I'm guessing, Tony Romo. Just says Romo.
1: Tony Romo was on fire today. Really? Yeah. So they're saying, like, he um, everybody would have loved his calling in the game last night. And um, they're talking about his, <clears throat> first of all, his knowledge. He did a very good job of calling the place before they happened. And then um, the the joy he does with a lot of people appreciate how excited he gets over the plays. Yeah. So enjoying calling again, it really shows his knowledge of what he was doing. Anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, to, on, on my way before here, I was listening to around the horn. And they were all talking about like, why isn't he a coach? I'm like he's making more money <laughs> with a lot less stress, and he's in the booth. Why would he, Why would you do that? And, right. And like.
0: And he's- Never been a coach to begin with, anyway. Yeah. There's more to it than just, all right, you're done playing. I'll be a coach. And you got a more a job. So, truthfully, I think quarterbacks are probably the best analysts for a football game because they have to know both sides of the ball and what's going on. So, mm-hmm. his success really doesn't surprise me. So, all right, and our last hot take is the student with the Indian. Washington, D.C. this past weekend.
1: Did you follow that? Have you followed that this uh, weekend? Did you follow it at all? all?
0: I watched the video. It was really so,
1: weird to watch. So when it got released either Friday or Saturday, it showed a kid taunting an Indian wearing like, a Make America Great. Okay. And so it first came out that um, this kid was just tormenting this Native American. And then it came to find out that this Native American actually is not just any Native American, but he's a political activist, and he actually antagonizes people. So then that came out, and then everybody was like, so the first, like, eight hours were like, oh, my gosh, look at this kid doing this to this minority, for lack of a better yes. term. And then it came out, well, okay, maybe that's not all it seems. So then this... Indian person and up being an activist and he's well known for antagonizing people. So then it was, then it became this, well, you know, it's not what it seems. And then I came to find out that these kids are at a pro-life rally. It just keeps like <laughs> going back and forth. Like, yeah. and then it's like, so it's almost like they're taking a story. And what I find fascinating about it is each side is, and it doesn't matter what end of the political spectrum you're on, but yeah. each side is, taking it and arguing it like yeah. you know I just found it funny at first it was like oh my god look he's they're being they're white supremacists essentially then it came out well they're antagonizing these high school kids I mean these are high school
0: kids yeah.
1: and then so this you know 60 year old guy is antagonizing these high school kids and then it was like well they're at a pro-. it's just like I just found the whole thing absolutely fascinating
0: weird. <clears throat> all I saw was the Indian guy beating this drone in front of the
1: kid's face
0: yeah <laughs> You know, whatever I guess he released a statement today or something his side of the story is you know, it's just, it's just, he said he said
1: yeah, 100% right I don't think they're I mean we're never going to know the truth yeah, I'll appreciate it when it goes away but yeah. Yeah. I, I found <laughs> it hilarious how it was like first it was bad then it was like oh this side's saying it's bad and then this side is it. it just it's, yeah. it's been a great 36 hours of a story <clears throat>
0: All right, I guess we'll get to our trivia question I find it again. And last week's trivia question was, the earliest known Native American burial grounds in the area were located on the bank of the Thunder Bay River in the city of Alpena, where what business is located today? Either of you know? No, I don't. It's the post office.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: All right, so the Alpena Post Office. And this week's question, it's a long one. On March 8, 1926, two Desperados, known as the notorious Lyon brothers, were wanted for murder in Ohio. They had fled Ohio and were steady on the run north until they came. Until they became hopelessly stuck in a snowbank on State Avenue in Alpena, abandoning their automobile, which had Ohio's license plates, they walked the rest of the way into town. The suspicious men were apprehended by Alpena Police Chief Dougal McKenzie at the intersection of Chisholm Street and Washington Avenue. One of the brothers pulled the gun and shot the chief in the neck. The Lyons, <laughs> Lyon brothers then stole an automobile parked near Daly's Market on Fifth Avenue and sped out of town. Sheriff Ed Hatch notified residents in nearby communities. At twelve fifteen a.m., fifty minutes after shooting Chief McKenzie, the two men were captured by who?
1: So if you got all. Of that. So two bad guys. That's a crazy story. On the run, they yes. were eventually caught by somebody. Yes. <clears throat> That's the question. And who were they caught by? I'm my my hot take is Chuck Norris.
0: <laughs> Probably in 1926. I was thinking one of the Amish. <laughs> yeah. So the lion brothers from Ohio were accused of murder or wanted for murder. Were caught by Chief McKenzie, who they shot in the neck. And then they were apprehended by who? All right. Answer next
1: week. I like it. If yeah. I can remember it. So uh, we will come back. We'll talk with Jordan. He's had some changes. Yes. And then of course we'll kinda of fill in why he's here again and then we'll just kinda of do the whole thing. So all right. Okay. Jordan. Yes. How you doing? Good man. Good.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm happy because um during the break. I try to listen to all the pods and I've noticed that I start almost every segment by saying, so, I'm like, so Jordan, or so Matt, so Griffin, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so I'm making a conscious effort to like try to change some things around and make it a little better, improve myself to help improve the pod. Mm-hmm. So, um, why don't you update everyone? And so those of you who remember, we, uh, left it at, you did a, a TV show. Mm-hmm. Last year, so once you follow people on who didn't listen to that episode,
2: uh so there I started <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's so hard. Um, I went and became a field producer for a TV show on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, and what I mean by field producer, I go out and I uh, videotape or we don't use videotapes anymore, but we go out and film, uh, guys, uh, on the Sportsman's channel, they have a TV show called Become One, um, uh, Tom and Nick, um, gone on a few hunts with them in 2018, and I went on a hunt with them in 2017, uh, out to Montana on an elk hunt, uh, this last year, I went to Montana again for the full month, uh, on an elk hunt, and then I went to Kentucky with them, and then, uh, I had a Major career change uh, come the beginning of the year. Where um, in the last podcast, we talked about Blue Collar, my former uh, most part owner of the store there in Mayo. It's a great experience, and uh, you know, I can take away from that that I started a very successful business in a very small town um, and taking that knowledge now and gone out on my own as um, a self employer and uh started my own media company and i'm a freelance videographer and photographer now and become one has uh signed me as a contract worker as their full-time uh head producer uh field producer i should say because those guys are producers um they're the head producers right but yeah uh super super excited about this new journey it's uh been a lifelong dream of mine to work in film um and be in the outdoor industry and uh it's crazy. So has season two, this last, it's out and out, right? Yep. I and mean, actually tonight, uh, obviously people won't hear it right away, but <laughs> yeah. uh, people can watch Become One on the Sportsman channel um, Monday nights uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we have, uh, I think this year we'll have 12 original episodes, um, and then they'll run all first quarter, which is January, February, March, and then they'll re-air the second quarter. So if you don't catch them during the first quarter, people can catch them during the second quarter.
1: So, you don't have to answer this, but um, a better ending to the season than last season.
2: Oh, I I mean, we're we're actually airing that episode tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess for what we can do, let's talk about last season,
2: yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, um, for those of you, I I appreciated the way last season ended because, um, to me, it was real hunting, Mm -hmm. you know. I've I grew up when i ran the family video store those deer videos people were running running them all the time yeah and all of them were always great because you know you'd see these massive bucks you know all these good you know lifetime yeah you know hunts being taken down one after the other but the reality is that's not reality yeah you know you'll spend a lot of time in the field and in some way sometimes it just doesn't work out
2: yeah um. So in 2000, yeah, 2017, we went out to Montana for the first time. Uh, we spent 11 days out there and it was probably the most magical 11 days uh, that probably all of us ever experienced. Um, the way the conditions were, the way the elk were, there was a ton of elk uh, on the lease that we were on. I shouldn't say unfortunate. We had many opportunities uh, to seal the deal. And, uh, unfortunately it's hunting and adrenaline can get going and things like that, where there was a couple misses and, uh, we had a couple other, um, scenarios where it just didn't work out for us. So we, Tom and Nick learned a lot. We, you know, as camera, um, you know, camera guys, we learned a lot. Um, so we knew we were going to come back again in 2018 and we are like, Hey, we're going to book the whole month of September. And the first part of September, we're going to go hunt antelope. Um, but course, we were out there and had elk on the mind, so we really didn't hunt any antelope. <laughs> um, but this year it was hot and dry. Okay. Superiorly hot and dry than last year, so the water um, wasn't really on the lease. It was the elk were a lot more scattered. The elk would were just weren't there, <laughs> <laughs> so we had to work. We uh, we had a three thousand acre lease that we hunted, and we probably covered almost every square inch of it plus more. Wow. Um, yeah. We, and it was crazy. Um, we hunted with some of the top guys like Jason Matzinger and Willie Schmidt. I mean, those guys that live in, in Montana, they hunt elk every year. They were there to help us. And they, even they were like, this is crazy tough. Yeah. And, uh, for those guys that say it, you know, obviously makes us feel better, yeah. especially Tom and Nick. Cause you know, that's their livelihood is, is to produce outdoor television. And when you go out there and, and uh, I guess I'll spoil it for everyone and not shoot one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, you know, like you tried, you base that trip on two episodes, like you're trying to produce two episodes and, and we, the content is phenomenal. We shot amazing content. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't shoot anything this year. So next year we're going back out. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, one thing, you know, about elk hunting is they're a beautiful, amazing creature. Very hard to hunt. Some people are very lucky within the first couple years to successfully kill one. Mm -hmm. We're just not that lucky. (laughs) My father in law is one of the lucky
1: people. He, uh, and if you go in his living room, he's got we call it Bert, yeah, and he's got a cabinet with a giant elk that he got really out. And, um, but he did it in Colorado, it was probably back in like 2006, really, you know, back then, but, um. Yeah, I remember when he... Alice and I were just starting dating when he did that. Okay. And I remember all the meat and just the whole... Oh, yeah. Everything that goes along with something like that. So, well, we both know that's going to make when you guys do get one, because you will at some point. Oh, yeah. That much sweeter. It's going to make the story that much better.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know? it, that's what we keep telling ourselves and trying to, re, or I guess, remind ourselves is when it does finally come all together, that it's going to be such a <clears throat> re- rewarding moment. Yeah. That, And for us to be able to catch it on on film is going to be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's going to be something I'll never forget.
1: Yeah. So, um, how is, it's going to be tough running through the mountains.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, obviously I trained for it. You can never really, um, train yourself enough to get acclimated with the elevation change. Yeah. Um. I remember my first year out there, it took me about three days to finally be comfortable out there. Um, I remember my first hike, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> this year wasn't nearly as bad, and then, you know, we hiked a lot more this year. We, I think we're on an average of six, six six and a half miles a day we're hiking. Wow. So we put a lot of miles on. Um, but it was fun. We slept very good at night.
1: I'm sure you did.
2: <laughs> now, do you, when you do, do this, do you... I know.
1: Obviously, you have your equipment, mm-hmm. and a couple other guys have their equipment, and then just one guy's hunting, or is there two guys hunting? And
2: yeah, so there's, so we split up in groups. We go okay. to different sections of the the unit, or whatever. Because um, with elk, I mean, they run in smaller herds, or whatever. So you go try, you know, find them and right. do that. So this year we had three camera guys out there, and uh, Jake from the Sportsman Channel was out there with us. So we had three different groups hunting. <coughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was sweet, man.
1: So um uh, the the camera nerd to me once to know like what are you running what do you shoot with?
2: Uh so the crazy thing is we got so we've become one um has invested in some really high end camera gear this year. So for like a lot of our cinematic shots we'll shoot with the um R D three, um a red, and then uh, we have a Sony F S five and then all of us will carry A seven S um Mark two on our chest. Nice for supporting shots. So yeah. Yeah, we carry a lot of money in the woods. <laughs>
1: yeah, that that A7 is kind of where, I mean, we've talked over the past couple of months. Yeah. I think that's where I'm really kind of leaning toward. Um, I saw Sony the last week came out with all their new stuff for the year. Yeah.
2: So I'm kind of hoping that'll... It should. Absolutely should. Um, yeah. The one thing, like, because I was, I was a Canon guy. Yeah. When I got into this, and I was for a long time, I'm now going to switch over to Sony. Well, Sony really switched their game. um You know, with being uh, outdoors and filming in low light conditions, you know, obviously we need a quality camera that can capture and quality image at low light. Yeah. Sony is hands down the best. I am surprised that
1: I mean, I really was, I mean, still am because I haven't made the switch yet, but Mm -hmm. I, I am a Canon guy, you know that. But yeah, I'm really surprised at how they've almost chosen to make themselves extinct. Like, with video, with lack yeah. of video performance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I know they're playing catch up now. They're trying to figure out how to do that and all, but yeah. um, that that A seven R, full frame, yeah, four K, insane. I mean, well, it's you know it's I pixel. think it's thirty six or 35, 34, 34, somewhere around that megapixels, mm-hmm. and it goes out to twenty five thousand ISO or something. Like, I mean, like, yeah,
2: yeah, it's uh, like, and I can run. I think my ISO goes up to like two hundred fifty thousand. Jesus, Obviously, you, know, yeah. you get—I start getting grain and noise, like around. And I get it all depends on the condition, but like I filmed hunts at low light condition at like 20,000 20, ISO, which some cameras don't even ever go up to that. Right? You know, so it's crazy that I can even you know bump up the artificial light to that high. Still so have an image I can put on TV. It's um, really interesting. Over the past, the
1: journey I've been on and taking pictures, the video, and I really enjoy doing video. I, I don't. It's not something I would want to do at your level, but I enjoy making just the little small things. And I think it's something that over this year I really want to work on being able to use it for my own personal gain, just for plain and simple. Like I really I can do. Um, some really cool stuff with cars yeah. and just showing people how to change time in yeah. their car, you know, and Absolutely. just different things like that. And, um, you know, with uh, one camera and a slider, I think I could really make some pretty neat stuff, some really high-end stuff, looking high-end stuff that
2: really wouldn't be very hard to do. Right. So, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, videography is awesome, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so – when I found out that you made the switch or t- the chance or whatever you want to say, I was super happy for you because I know how much Thank you, man. Y- you like it. And then um, I uh, I remember I called my wife immediately. I was like, oh, my God. You would not believe what I just found <laughs> out. Oh, really? And she was like, what? And I told her she was oh, my God. I'm like, I am so happy for him. Um, I get so much – Joy, I think is the word, watching people chase their dreams. I just, and maybe it's just because I'm so tentative, you know what I mean, but um, Zach Irving is another, you know, Zach. um, He's another guy who just said, you know what, I'm just going to freaking go for it. And I just really don't care. And um, to be able to see people like the things that they're really passionate about, go for it. I just really, I just love it. So
2: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I figured you only live once.
1: Yeah. Just got to jump. So I figure we'll take a break and then we'll come back and then we'll talk about your production Yeah, because you have a full-fledged production oh, yeah. and I don't really know a lot about it. I don't think Brian has much about it. So you can give us the breakdown of it and then we'll go from there. Sounds good, man. All right. You have a project coming up this weekend.
2: Yeah. So why don't you share it with our listeners what you got? Ah, uh, so it's been about a year right now. I was I got a phone call last January uh, from uh, Kevin Vistason from Deer Hunter Podcast. He says, "Hey, I got this idea, and uh, I don't think anyone's ever done it. And it's a backcountry uh, white tail hunt on public land in Michigan." I was thinking, well. I don't think anyone's done that before, but uh, and he kind of gave me a little more detail what he wanted to do and the, the mission that he you know wanted to accomplish, and I was like, you know what, absolutely, I'll join in on this project. And here we are a year later, and have went through the ro- roller coasters of emotions of a hunter and um, and a cameraman, uh, <laughs> producer, and this weekend we are premiering uh, our film called The Forest in Grand Rapids. Um, Right now, we are projected to sell out. Uh, tickets have been flying out the door, um, so we'll, it's nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking. I, t- I tell Kevin, I said, "I'm going to sit out in the hallway with a bottle of Jack Daniel's and gonna drink and <laughs> <laughs> thank everyone as they come out." <laughs> because uh, when I did the Fresh Takes, Alpino Fresh Takes video contest, I got jacked up for that. My wife even looked at me. She says, "Are you okay?" I said, <laughs> I don't know. It's very <laughs> nerve wracking seeing your work kind on of a big screen. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so it's been our trailer. Everyone loved our trailer. Um, everyone loves the concept that we're doing. I just hope everyone, which I think they will, they'll love the film. Yeah. So
1: now, do you take the people through the journey of beginning right to the end?
2: Yep. So it's a we bring family into it. Uh, we bring it to full circle from family to sprint or scouting, um, to put it in pots. No, well, no, this is bad, oh. So back country. So oh, yeah. this is mobile hunting. So we pack in stands, <clears throat> stands and sticks on our back mm-hmm. and we take them down every time we hunt and, uh, uh, we camp, um, in a Kufaro, uh, pop-up tent and, uh, we cook our meals over a fire and we show a de- Northern Michigan deer camp, um, you know, comes, come deer season or rifle season, we stay at a deer camp. And mm-hmm. so we show the camaraderie of what Northern Michigan deer camps are all about. Um, we are successful. So we do shoot. <laughs> we do shoot something. <laughs> I wasn't laughing about that. I was more
1: laughing about how the camaraderie well, of a Northern Michigan deer camp is. Yeah. I've been there just enough to know that that can be a, a lot of different things for a lot of different <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're really, really excited to to premiere this. I think it's a story that uh, I think will will resonate with a lot of people.
1: It's amazing how much it took me leaving Alpena to really realize how popular, and you would think I would know this, but how popular hunting is downstate. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, all the people. And you would think I would know this because as a kid, I would visit my dad during Thanksgiving holiday, and I would be heading down to detroit um while all the hunters were headed north and i would watch the traffic just like just doesn't and then of course when we would come back my dad would be driving me up and i would watch all the deer on the car or on the trucks <laughs> you know like yeah. oh look at them oh my gosh yeah. so you would think i would put two of these two together but really it wasn't until later in my life i really realized how many how lucky we are you almost i think hunting season around here you just take it for granted you're just like oh yeah it's there's deer everywhere, but man, when you talk to some guy that's in the middle of Detroit and he only gets five days out of his year to come up here and spend some time in the woods, um my buddy Noah, for example, um works for g m and he absolutely loves hunting, yeah, and every chance he gets he, he he likes to do it so
2: yeah it's uh it's something to it you know when you get up in the woods and you kind of can just disconnect and uh you know not have your cell phone buzzing all the time. And- you right can just listen to the birds chirp and the wind go through the trees and everything it kind of brings you back, yeah, so um
1: what was your what was the hardest thing about it? oh man,
2: I could write a book on it. I'm sure you could, um there was a moment where we both were concerned that it wasn't gonna go down um just because we had gone through the ropes of, of what a hunter kind of goes through and we had already booked the theater. We had, um, you know, already started promoting this and the film wasn't, it was a huge risk in all, in all reality that, you know, what we had done and, and, uh, Kevin and I, we had a conversation and, and we got it done. <laughs> I will give every, that kid knows how to hunt and he works very, very hard. He worked his butt off and, uh, I was glad I was able to capture his story for him. Um, cause it's good. Yeah,
1: he has a podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about it or what
2: it is? And- yeah, so it's a it's a deer hunter podcast, and they are very loose with their words. Yeah, they're so-
1: it's a different podcast than ours. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's more polished. Little they add a little bit more of a higher production value, but um, they're definitely not as politically correct as we are probably. <laughs> yeah. for- Nice way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, they're not afraid to drop the app down. No. And um, they have quite a few episodes. I listened to the first episode you were on. Right You on. shared that you were on, yeah. and I was like, I got to listen to this. So anytime you're on with Mike Avery, yeah,
2: I, I mean, I, I'm there. Just so you know, they I do the do, yeah. do, do listen to it. So. Yeah. Um, no, so, but they're a great group of guys. They've helped a tremendous amount of people in deer honey because they, they are informative. Um, because of their style of hunting. Uh, it opens the door up because they're not – they do do food plots and stuff like that, but um, they definitely are more towards the mobile hunting, mm-hmm. getting out of the public lands, do it yourself, um, find the deer, you know, harvest the deer, pack the deer out. Like, yeah, total hardcore. There is no skipping the hard work at all. I
1: trying to – want to make sure I say this the right way. I find it amazing how much – technology is out there to make it easy for the hunter nowadays yeah whether it's a winch on a quad that'll right. pull the deer up for you and then you can you know or you know just it's really amazing yeah you know and um versus i know my brother this year i believe i'm pretty sure he got a backpack so you can carry out what you hunt yeah yeah that's what he got for christmas this year nice. so i mean he um he does some hunting out in Kansas. Nice. So, you know, he gets in the area sometimes, and he doesn't have a quad out there and all yeah. that stuff. So if he does ever get successful, he's going to have to
2: pack it onto his bag and, you know, haul it out. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so, yeah they're a great podcast. Uh, they're a great group of guys. Uh, got to know them, you know, obviously over the last year. So it's it's been fun. And Kevin kind of is like, I, mean, I gave you props. You kind of came into our world not knowing who we are, you know, the first time. Like never really met him. I went and spent the weekend with him. Like, but so it's like you can kind of figure out who people are, you know, just through a couple of conversations. Yeah. You know, I say that, but you know, you yeah, never there is crazies out there. <laughs> <laughs> He's they seem like a good group of guys. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. It's been, you know, obviously I you know, I've just gained a you know, group of lifelong friends, you know, because it's been a truly awesome experience being being able to film these guys.
1: Right. Um during the break we've talked a little bit about hockey. Yeah. You're playing with the boys now? Got a little free time on your hand, huh?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, hockey and golf are my two favorite sports. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun getting back on the ice and and, and skating with the guys. Well, you were thinking along the
1: lines, I only brought up hockey so I could talk to you about golf. (laughs) Because I know um, that you love golf. Yeah. And I know you didn't golf nearly over those last couple of years as much as you wanted to do. Right. So you gotta be just just pumped that
2: you're probably able to golf a little bit this summer. And yeah, and the cool thing is, like I told my girls, like so Tuesdays are going to be my there's a, there's their golf days. Yeah, Tuesdays. I said, that's going to be our day. I'm going to take it to golf. You guys will go to your golf schools. You know, yeah. Then we're going to get lunch and then we're just going to golf and then then we got the, the players. Um, no, excuse me, sports page golf league it. So I'll take them home and I'll go play golf in the evening. Like so Tuesdays are going to be golf days.
1: That's really cool. I'm mad yeah. for you. Um, your Kids go to the River's Edge program, yep. yep. Um, I've spent five years working out there, so I, and they do a great job. for yeah. it. it's, I was sad when the pool went away because it totally changed the whole oh, yeah. The whole thing.
2: Um, my it, wife questioned our membership. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: really, golf became secondary for a lot of those kids. So yeah. They would essentially just try to get through the golf so they could get to the, the, the food buffet, which whatever we did for the day, and then the, the, the pool,
2: yeah. Um, but no, you know. Jerry, the new pro out there, he's great. Um, I, mean, I just love the atmosphere out there. It's yeah. it's and it's a beautiful golf course.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about it's wintertime. time now. We got a lot of people um, um, doing all sorts of crazy hunting. Do You have any chance to do any of that type of stuff?
2: I haven't.
1: No predator hunting, huh? No.
2: It's uh yeah, because I used to be huge in your predator. Hunting yes. Like and uh, with the. Premiere of the film, and everything, trying to bust that all that work out and be ready for that. It's been, it's been crazy. Um, I actually, and when I was working for Blue Collar, I sold a lot of my stuff because like oh, I ain't gonna have no time to predator hunt. So I had some guys wanting, you know, right. a collar and stuff like that. So I'll get back into it, but as I get older, the cold weather, I'm less and less of a fan of.
1: It's a young man's sport,
2: yeah. <laughs> Unless you got a nice box fan with a heater in there. <laughs> Well and you kinda gotta be a little mobile uh yeah. to
1: that too, to really especially some of these tournaments that as you well know because yeah. you've put one on for a couple of years, um, you gotta be willing to move yeah. and um to at least have some success. <clears throat> all right. Well, when we get back, uh we'll take a break. When we come back, we're gonna do our top five today. Top five for our viewers is our top five things to do during the wintertime. And um mine are amazing. So you guys better <laughs> get ready all right. So, all right.
0: All right, so now we're on to our top five, and this week's top five is our top five winter activities. And before I start, I'm just going to say I hate winter, so this list is going to reflect that. Mine,
1: I don't...
2: I hate winter, too, so... <laughs> I don't hate
1: winter. I've grown to appreciate winter, but you have to, as your list probably will show, mine's definitely, if you're thinking it's going to be one thing, I don't own a snowmobile. Let's just start Let's just start with the list with that. So. Yeah.
0: Neither do I. Yeah, so. All right, so my number five is go sledding with my niece and nephew.
1: Probably only stand a half hour of it, but it's fun when we do go. So. I mean, sledding is on my top five list. It's not five, but my number five would be ice skating. Now, I don't like to ice skate, but my wife's really good at it. So... um our relationship, you know, if we're doing things, I might have an upper hand on a lot of the things we do. So when there is something that she's really good at, she really likes to just really rub it in. You know, ice skating is that thing, and
2: I enjoy watching her do it. She's she is good at it. So, it's yeah, my
1: number five,
2: Jordan. Uh, I used to snowboard a lot. Really? Yeah. Don't know more, but that would be on my list.
1: You were up in
2: the Buffalo-Vermont area, right? Main. Uh, Main, yeah. Yep, yep. So that so, would make sense to yep. me. So when I was up there, he did that a lot. So. All right.
0: Number four is to take pictures outside. Just on my phone, looking around.
1: Like, Oh, that looks nice. Take a picture. Even sunrise or sunset. <laughs> there is something about the wintertime. For some reason, I don't. Maybe you would know because you're a little more technical than yeah. I am. But the sun looks different in the winter than it does in mm-hmm. the summer. I don't know because it's just reflecting off the snow so much.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, some of the best shots I have of Blair Street are all at winter time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've done a couple summer ones, but it never looks as good as it does. Maybe it's just because I don't want to get up at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> Probably would, really, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably what it really is.
0: Yeah. But, it's better in the winter. I think it's the cold weather,
1: maybe, for some reason. Yeah, my fourth one kind of falls along with yours. I, I like to hike or go around for a walk mm-hmm. in the area. I certainly um, don't believe in running in the wintertime because no, no. you're going to hit ice and you're going to break your leg. Yeah.
2: So. Um, Snowshoeing. Definitely like no That's in my top five yeah. as well. So, <clears throat> right.
0: so number three is gonna make me really old, but I like to put together puzzles that are in the winter. It's Just relaxing. Allison loves a good puzzle. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna set up a table downstairs in my basement and do puzzles.
1: So when I drive by and I honk my horn, and when I don't see, I see your car home, but I don't see you anywhere. That's right. new we got in the got any basement? basement. Where's that piece? <laughs> um, Number three for me is sledding. So told you those are my top five. I especially like it at um, it was Sportsman's Island. Now it's called Island Park. So I still want ops to pile a whole bunch of snow in Bayview. You know, because when they move all the snow in mm-hmm. the wintertime, mm-hmm. I still think the day should just take it all and payload it up. Yeah. Like a not a super big hill, but you could make a twenty or thirty foot hill. Yeah. And then just tap. They sleep. The, the insurance <laughs> liability would go through the roof. But, I mean, when you look at that, when you go to Neiman's, you look at that giant toboggan that they had back in the day. Yeah. We could have, a 30-foot sliding hill hell yeah. for kids to slide down. Let's see
2: why not. Uh, drinking beer in the ice shanty. Ooh. And I don't like ice fish. I only like drinking
1: yeah. ice. <laughs> I have a group of friends that are trying to get me to go ice fishing for like the second time in my entire life, and yeah. they're all like, "Oh, it's gonna be you're gonna be so great!" And I'm like, "Like, I don't know if you know, like, you needed to change your expectation. Like, when that flag goes up, we all go running out there. I'm like, dude, I ain't running out there. I don't know what to tell you guys. I like that flag's gonna go up. You're all gonna go." And then, right here. and then you guys could go. I mean, we could catch 50 fish, and there could be five of us, and you guys could go. Well, Steve, you never went out there, so we're not going to give you any. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> 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 like, I'm all right with that. That's, legal yeah. That's, good. That's good. I'm going to go to Big Boy Order Fish and Chips. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: Number two is to watch movies and read in my top five as well. So, yeah, my number one is going to
1: just bring it all together. But <laughs> right now i just watching Hibernate. And read. <laughs> um, number two for me is snowshoeing. Uh-huh. Allison, I love a snowshoe. So, um, and there's a, surprisingly a lot of places you can snowshoe around here. As long as you don't touch the ski trails because they get angry so they, are, <laughs> they are ruthless about it. Yeah. We used to have the slogan of warm and friendly port, but that did not apply to our ski trails because I <laughs> promise you the wrath of
0: above. There in the summer, it's warm and friendly, but in the winter, it's cold and bitter. cold and bitter
1: if you step on those grim ski trails. But I get it. There's a lot of hard work. I understand that.
2: Yeah. Uh, so My number two is hockey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. For those of you who
1: didn't listen to the first pod – Jordan spent a short time playing semi professional
2: league back in the day. Before. Yeah, I was lucky enough to play in New Brunswick, Canada, get paid to play. It's great stuff. Yeah.
0: All right, my number one is stay inside. It's freaking cold outside, but I don't want to go
1: outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the warmest in my house, but it's warmer in here than it is outside, so I'll just stay inside.
1: I'm happy with mine's, that. mine's very similar. My number one I love to just catch up on movies yeah. and TV. Like I mean I'm happy that Top Chef's on because I love Top Chef and I don't know. I just I have no I mean I have to be well outside and get some fresh air, but like yesterday,
0: no. 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 This morning was really brutal too. Yeah.
1: When it's a negative, I just don't even bother with it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I'm gonna be the oddball in the group here. I um, like it. I thoroughly enjoy archery hunting in late winter. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's something about sitting in the tree when uh, there's snow on the trees and it's just crystal, you know, crisp out, and sun comes up, and there's just something about being out there.
1: In my other life, I archery hunt. Nice. When I have free time, yeah, and I can do all the things that need to be done to be that dedicated. I archery hunt, but in this lifetime, I just am not going to do anything out that close to that sort. <laughs> no. I'll just go to a beer camp and have a beer or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we'll come back. We'll wrap up. That's our top five, a very uneventful top five. Yeah. That was quick. It's cold. It's all right. It's cold. It's, it's yeah, cold, it and it's winter. It doesn't help. Well, this last weekend was not very fun. No. I was going to take Allison to Marquette the last weekend, and um, you know I had it all set for her, I was like, well, wait, I'm going to take you out. I'm not going to tell you where we're going to go. And I was going to stop by the Euban Ice Caves. Mm. And then we were going to walk around Marquette a little bit. And then on the way home, maybe stop at Tacoma or somewhere. And uh, I saw the weather, you know, negative.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I was like, <sighs> so then I, well, I need to tell you what we're going to do because maybe you don't want to do it. And she goes, no. Or no. She goes, what? Marquette? Like that. And I was like, this isn't gonna happen. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I guess Saturday
0: would have been a great day to be in Marquette because the sun was coming up through the deck. It's like happens only twice a year or something. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. That would have been cool, but we would have gotten there till. Yeah, you know, oh, would But Sunday would have probably been doing it too.
0: Yeah.
1: So, or you could have went up Friday night. Did you get images of the blood moon? Blood nope. moon. Oh. I went out at nine and ten o'clock and. It was cloudy, but you could see the moon. Yeah, and I was like, "This is not worst thing up till midnight." For <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it's cool and all. Yeah, but like, my uncle, my cousin who lives, he does, he owns a media company. Nice. And he, but he does it out of the Austin, Texas area. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he has a little more wider client base he can pull from. Yeah, um, he took some great footage. Yeah, and uh, I was trying to figure out how to do a four hour time lapse, like. I did an image shot. If I did the four hours and I took one every minute, probably, mm-hmm. and then put that together, it would probably be a five minute video or whatever mm-hmm. it would be. So, two yeah. hundred 240 pictures. You could watch the moon. Just. I'm sure somebody had a time lapse that. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys. It's got to be out there. So, yeah. Somebody with more time so. and money. Yeah. Because you need that 7200 F28 to really do any type of damage to get that thing. So, well, Jordan, thank you for coming by. Yeah, thank you. We'll take a break. We'll come by and we'll wrap it up. All right.
0: All right. That was our episode. Like the thing, jo- jordan from coming through again yeah thank you thank yeah you for coming on looking forward to seeing that movie yeah
1: absolutely i am so juiced for you <laughs> i can't wait i want to see it i want to drive to grand rapids this weekend and watch it that's What do I want to do but i just can't do it
2: so <laughs> well we're gonna premiere here in LPN. yeah so we're uh we'll have details on that when we get past this premiere yeah um that's awesome
1: and Usually what we follow it by is how we end the pod is I ask everybody what they're doing this weekend. So we already know what you're doing this weekend. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Brad? Staying inside. I don't, other than that, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, nothing planned.
1: It's the Budweiser tournament at the bowling alley this weekend. So I'm sure I'll end up there at some point. Probably. Yeah. And then uh, I got to work in a month, last weekend of the month. so. Still, still, still. Hopefully, yes. So, and then if it gets nice, which it's supposed to get warm, but then cold. Okay. Again, so it's supposed to get warm enough to dump six inches of snow on us, and then it can get cold again. So. Exciting. Nice. Wednesday's supposed to suck. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, next week, I don't want to say the guest because I don't know he hasn't hard committed to the date yet, but. All sure. right. If worst case scenario it will just be us there's
0: nothing wrong with that
1: we can talk about your love life all right. a whole pod dedicated to getting you a woman all right. so, sounds like fun we should do that regardless we'd like to do that soon so, alright so Jordan thank you for coming yeah thank you guys we'll talk to everyone soon alright see ya